did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? All right. Hey there, survivors. Welcome back to the Apocalypse Post. I'm your host, Makeshift, and I've actually got a couple other co-hosts joining me today. Uh, we're going to be discussing a lot of really fun stuff. Um, as you can see from the title of this episode, we're going to talk about Squid Game. We're going to talk about Dune. Um, and we're actually going to talk about another project that I just watched this afternoon, as well as a few other little news bits. But um, I want them to be part of the discussion, so we're going to bring them in right away. Uh, guys, welcome back to the show because they've been here before. Boss Cap and Mongo. Hi, guys. Hey, how do you do? Howdy. Thank you guys so much for coming back. Uh, how is your getting back to the w- real world ness going? <laughs> As you can tell, mine is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wasteland was, was amazing. It was hard, but it was good. Had a great time. Um, I was in the pit for a few shows and I saw this big heavyweight pushing people around there. <laughs> so I had to go uh, show them how, how the big boys play. You're talking about makeshift, right? <laughs> that pit was so much fun. Oh my God. Yeah, did you guys get was, to see the video that I pulled from that? I did. No. Uh, I, I did. Yes. Yeah. It was, that was, that was a fun pit and seeing you oh. jumping around in there was, was awesome. I think I was in there for like, what, 30 seconds tops, and I had so much fun. Um, I had my camera on, on a gimbal boss cap, um, mm-hmm. you know, my, my little uh, my little A7S II. Um, but yeah, I, I brought it on the gimbal. It, uh, it took a couple hits, and then suddenly, like without me even knowing, it actually flipped over on oh. the gimbal. Like the gimbal just gave up. It was like, nope, can't. But the camera kept rolling. And, nice. so, and so I just, um, I flipped the video upside down, added a little glitch effect in there so it could, you know, you could still see what was happening. Oh. Uh, but it was so cool. Like, like you know, you get that point of view of the mosh pit um, and all the big guys that were in there. And honestly, it was fun. It was fun. Well, that was, it was, it was really funny too. Cause like uh, Thomas was on the edge filming and I saw him and he was just enough in the pit that I was like, oh, is he playing too? So I slammed into him and he's like, thanks, ass. And I was like, oh, my bad. And- <laughs> yeah, Thomas, uh, that's TK. Uh, Thomas Kearns, he's one of uh, Wasteland's photographers and he got some great shots. He of got that some pit. great shots. Yeah, that yeah. I ruined a, a few of. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't put this out yet, Mongo, but I actually have footage of, I, for, I don't even know who it was, but someone went to hit you. And you did not budge, and the guy like fell over backwards. He didn't fall down, but he just sure, kind of sure. fell back. You know, bounced off. It was yeah. just really funny. Yeah, that's funny. That's and you got these yeah. heavyweights in the pit pushing people around. You know, someone's got to show them up. So, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just like that I can make eye contact with somebody above all the dust cloud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For, for those that are of... not aware, I, Mongo and I are both six foot seven ish. So, uh... mm. yeah, just more guys of wasteland that make me look tiny (laughs) but um i gotta say and i don't know if this was every band at wasteland because i don't i don't really mosh that much um because i usually do have a camera in hand but i just got really into it anyway um but the attack mosh pit is super polite like you know guys are bumping into each other like you're getting into it but but people are really respectful of the space i think there was actually a kind of a bubble that was forming around the camera and i was like nope unnecessary <laughs> like i'll come crashing to you it, it was it was it was definitely one of the more polite pits i've been in and the second someone went down the pit stopped which yeah was, which was kind of cool the, the pit stopped we all rushed to that person picked them back up slammed in them 
the kick the pit again, and then it's giving him forward momentum. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of guardians on the outside of the pit too. Just people watching the pit, and the second someone would go down or lose their footing, somebody's grabbing them and pulling them to the side, out of, out of, like out of out of danger and stuff. And it was yeah. cool. It was it was a, it was a nice. Like we were going hard, but everyone was friendly, so to speak. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I got to say about 30 seconds of that dust. And I, I think it was more the dust than anything. And I was like, oh, I need yeah. to get out. Well, one of them, it was a fear injected suicide machine that attack was playing. And the dust got so thick <laughs> that I couldn't see until somebody was jumping at me and the strobe was oh. going. It was, it was, it was badass in the sense of like, it was like a movie where like, I couldn't see anything. It was like the fog of war was real. And then next thing I know, somebody's midair <laughs> lunging at me and I'm like shoulder checking and I'm getting hit from behind and I don't know where I am at the, like in, in, in the pit. And that was, yeah. And then the dust settles when the song's over and everyone's just out of breath. And <laughs> So great. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, attack always puts on a great show. And I was just telling you guys, I, um, so I'm working on that, that music video, uh, for you guys listening. I, me and Tim talked about this in our post wasteland kind of D what do you call it? Uh, when, when the army, no, hey, when the oh, army guy not. comes back and they need to, uh, what do they call oh, it? Uh, oh, debrief. Debrief. Yeah, me and Tim's debrief after yeah. Wasteland. We talked about how we shot that music video. Let me tell you guys, it is coming out so good. Good, good, so good. We, yeah, so we burnt down a piano. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's all. Wait, wait. I mean, we shot this in Mexico is the, the official... <laughs> Um, travel to anyway, location for yeah we, we flew uh, out after wasteland got down to mexico uh and and yeah this music video is gonna look good anyway um i got a couple other news things to share first off uh hierophant grotch who has oh, also yeah. been a guest on this show just got married to her partner yeah. clive which is yeah, awesome oh, fantastic great for them yeah yeah, yeah they, they had a saturday yeah do you know where they went no i don't i don't they went to good springs california really yeah, hmm. the, the oh, location wow. right in Fallout. How right cool is Fallout. that? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yep, they that had a waste. The, the gear. Like I, remember, I saw pictures, and she was wearing her Fallout her her vault suit. And oh yeah, I was dressed as um one of the like not Adam Katz, but like the leather jacket and the, the kind of greaser look. Yeah, 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 and they had a you know a, a smaller wedding, but everyone was dressed in their wasteland garb, and um, I cool. think they like took over a bar without letting them know they were coming. So pretty cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. True, true wasteland fa- fashion. Yeah. But yeah, Fallout fans will recognize Good Springs as I think the starting point of New Vegas, right? I believe so. It's, yeah. It's I think like so. the that first right. place you go to. So yeah, right. congratulations cool. here, Grotch. Um, and come back on the show, would you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> next up, um, this is another Apocalypse Post project, but um, the Wasteland Weekend 2021 map is coming along. Um, the pre-sale is going great. If you guys haven't had a chance to look at it, find the post on my Facebook page at the apocalypse post, uh, because we have a full, like this thing's huge. It's like billboard huge. I can do a billboard in photo quality of this overhead map of wasteland city. And you guys need to check it out. I'm selling them for $15 right now. Uh, that won't last long because I can barely get them printed for that much. Um, <laughs> but but if you guys are interested, jump on there now because I'm doing the pre-sale. Then I'm going to get them printed. Basically, the more I sell, the lower the price can go. So I might be able to keep that price. Anyway, you guys need to check it out because it came out awesome. Um, I had hopes that it would look good and it just does. So anyway, the map's doing great. And then the the last little bit of news is I'm still looking for people to submit 
uh, stories for Legends of Wasteland City. So these are going to be uh, like narrative stories. If you've got short stories or like lore stories of your tribe at Wasteland, um, you know, check out last week's episode where I kind of teased the Schofield Drifters one. Um, we did a chapter of their story. It came out so fun. I had a couple of my friends do the voiceovers uh, and I've already got a couple of submissions. So this is happening and I just need as many different Wasteland tribes that do like lore, do short stories to submit so we can kind of do this whole interwoven comic book of this radio play. Anyway, did you guys get to check it out? I don't I don't know if you have. I, I have not yet. It's, it's been yeah. crazy, but I, I know I've heard you talking about it and I, I am interested. And now that I know that you've got like voice actors and, and stuff and I, I'm I'm here for this. I am. Here yeah. For this. Oh, you got to you need to do a voice, too. Oh yeah, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, who's gonna play Mongo in the Mongo story? <laughs> I and actually, you know, it, come on, I had put forward, I, I auditioned for that, and I felt like I did a really good job for the part of Mongo. Come on, guys! Like, <laughs> actually, you know, it's really gonna fun? shut me down. <laughs> Is, we we should do a mock um, a mock audition for Mongo, but you have to do the Mongo story from the Dukes After Dark smut book. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I, when I heard that for the first time, and I was like, "Oh God, where is this going?" And then <laughs> yep. the ending, the ending was just uh, just perfect. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it because it's it's worth the read. Yeah, uh, oh, that yeah, was, that was that was a good one. And actually, when when I don't have enough material, I'm just going to read a book, read one do of those it. from the from the smut book. Do it, do it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're here to talk about some new uh, post-apocalypse uh, movies and TV shows and films and stories that are out there. Um, I know you guys are here for Squid Game and Dune, but I did want to bring up one that I happened to watch this afternoon called Awake. It was on Netflix. It came out this summer. Um, and if you guys are looking for kind of a fun romp, um, have either of you guys seen this yet? I have, I have not. not. No. I have not. No. Okay. So I'm going to encourage it and uh, I'll just go through this really quick. But um, the premise to this one is there's basically like an EMP that takes out all electronics. But at the same time, everyone alive loses the ability to sleep. Huh. Like they, they literally can't go to sleep. And of course, without the ability to go to sleep, they start getting delirious after a day. They start uh, hallucinating. They basically start losing their start to lose their mind. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting thing because there's no virus killing people, but you can only survive mm -hmm. so long without sleeping. Right. 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 And so mm -hmm. people, you know, the, the system breaks down, especially, I don't even know if they needed to have the electronics break down because I mean, with everyone not being able to sleep, like society was right. breaking down really quick and oh, just all sorts yeah, of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, as far as like, I don't think this was a huge budget post-apocalypse film. Not a lot of them are, but minus a couple like of those, why the hell would you do that moments? Uh, there was actually a really good storyline on this one. <laughs> it had a good storyline, um, some really clever filmmaking. And right in the beginning, it had one of the best car sinking in water. So you need to escape sequences I've ever seen. They did it in like, oh. one shot. Wow. Okay. Wow. Or at least faked it to look like one shot. Like a, like but a single it was take. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It was. It was either either a single take or a fake single take. But it right, looked right, right. great. That's um, cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. And um, it kind of started with this. Isn't really a spoiler because it's so early in the movie. But it started with a car. Um, you know, the uh, the EMP thing happens. I don't even think it was a bomb. It just happened. Um, but the EMP thing happens. So cars are kind of like out of control they get hit with one and it has that thing where the car like comes into the side out of nowhere 
Except oh, right. that oh, right. felt a little bit mm. off, not as powerful as I've seen. But then mm. once the car's in the water and it doesn't, it does not cut away. It's just so cool. It looks great. Oh, fantastic! Well, I know what and, I'm watching tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And oh, were, you guys, let's reconvene. Like let's go watch it real quick, and we'll do it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I should have given you guys some homework to do. Yeah, Mongo, you would have had to do it at work, huh? Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes, I would have. And by the way, I see you sipping, so I'm going to oh, open sorry. this up. What are, you, what are you drinking there? Uh, it's a hazy IPA. Actually. Wait a second. I'm having a hazy sour ale. Oh, very nice. Very As of good right taste. now. Good taste. And uh, <laughs> Boss Cap? He's drinking. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm literally just drinking the like Costco uh, session IPAs. <laughs> like I just put two of them into one giant glass. It, lo- it looks yeah, cooler than it too, is, though. I promise. <laughs> Well, that looks like a normal size glass to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a scale. <laughs> it's a they pint to everyone print? else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Um, well, very good. Well, of course, um, I don't think it's going to come up, but War Chief Grim uh, drinking uh, game is totally in oh, play. So oh, we'll yeah. drink now for that. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Right. I've, I've, I, I had plans. So. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I think that about wraps it up on Awake. It, it's definitely worth your time. Not all Netflix movies are, and some of them yeah. are definitely like just put it on in the background. But I think this one is is actually worth um, checking out a new story type post apocalypse stuff. Fantastic. All right. All right. So right around the time we were getting ready and hitting the road for Wasteland, uh, Netflix dropped a brand new show out of South Korea called Squid Game. Have you guys seen this one? Yes. Yes, I uh, have a few I times, have. actually. Awesome. Um, this, I was not expecting. So I saw about a month of all these rumors, right? All the little things people were saying. Uh, some of the visuals that were popping up. Um, you know, some screen caps, some some memes, some jokes. I had mm. no idea what to expect. Um, what would you guys think before you headed in to see it? Boss Cap, go first. What did you think like Squid Game was going to be before you saw it? Um... I was a little uncertain. I was kind of uh, picturing uh, um, um, what, what was the name of that original Japanese movie where they like abduct people and then they all have to fight in the uh, like you know it's kind of royale. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like okay, so they abduct these people and they all have to fight in like a battle royale. That's actually mm. like literally what I thought this was uh, yeah. initially. And um, huh. then, it, like literally in the first episode, it gets way deeper than that. It's not just about <laughs> dumping people into a battle royale. It's like you get to know the main character. You see like how terrible he is and how shitty his life is, and then <laughs> he gets dumped right. into a you know not quite battle royale, but you know, uh, um, like an all for you know a uh, large game that's sort of like you know whoever wins wins. <laughs> no kidding, Manga. What do you think before you saw it? I- <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I actually enjoyed it. I had just come off of watching um, Alice in Borderlands, so I was looking for the next. Uh, if you've not seen that, that's another one that's very I have similar. Not. Uh, it's a, it's it's similar to Squid Game, kind of, but not really. But it's another game show thing where contestants play and they die, and it's. <laughs> but uh, so I just come. I had just come off that, so I was I was jonesing for another another show to watch, and I uh-huh. came across this uh, unbeknownst. To me, like I hadn't seen any of the memes, I hadn't seen any of that, so I was like, "Oh, okay," and I put it on, and I was I was pleasantly surprised, actually. It nice, was, yeah. Like watching the trailer, I was and I was thinking, like Boss Camp was thinking, "Oh, it's just another murder game show," and yeah, no, it was it was a lot a lot deeper. There was a lot more to it than just everybody killing each other for money. So, <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and, yeah it's, it's um, like if you're someone dies, and then they'll do a quick monologue about their character, and then someone else will die, and then someone else will do a monologue, and uh, this was <laughs> was quite a bit deeper than, than that. Yeah, um, so it hit the like number one viewed on Netflix. What like the day it came out, like it just blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, I got to give props to Netflix because even though they are definitely in a quantity over quality type of uh, business model. Um, They have brought to the United States more international films than I think most of us had ever seen before Netflix was a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. uh, What I like um, with like Korean films and and Japanese films and all this is it's kind of nice to see like a different take on like you get so used to American horror movies and American love movies stories and they follow the same pattern in the same genre so it's it's really nice to see a completely different take on something that we would just glorify gratuitous violence <laughs> they, they do a good job of, of keeping you entertained and the entire time it's not just a little bit of love story then action sequence and a little bit of plot line then action sequence they 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 intermix the whole thing or like the story the entire time and yeah i i'm a big fan yeah, and I think um, episode one, of course, on shows like this, you need to have the hook, right? So they, mm-hmm. so by the end of episode one, they've played the first game. And I'm not going to do spoilers quite yet. We're, we'll do spoilers a little bit later and give a little warning. Um, but after episode one, it actually slows back down and they dive deeper into some of the characters they've introduced. Um, and I thought that was a really cool way to do it was to get you hooked and then and then build up these backstories a little bit more. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which kind of felt Absolutely. a little reminiscent of the better years of, um, oh shoot. I'm blanking on it right now. The, they Walking crashed dead. the airplane. They crashed the airplane in the middle of nowhere and mysterious Island. The smoke monster. Oh, lost. Oh, uh, lost. Um, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 Lost. It was very reminiscent of lost in that sense where you got that hook, but then they spent a lot of time actually developing characters. So you cared about them, which was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but th- th- this was actually good, unlike Lost. So uh. <laughs> Lost, Lost was always like a failed promise, right? It was like they they were always telling us the bet the best is yet to come, and it was just all downhill the whole time. I mean, I mean, the main problem was is that like I watched the first season, and in the season finale, it kind of did a bad thing that I think happens in some um, um, some mystery shows is that <clears throat> they never they never answer any questions. They just introduce more questions. So, you know, like, like at the end of the first season, I'm like, Oh, I have no answers to anything that I was curious about. So it was very unsatisfying (laughs) on multiple levels. (laughs) I think, I think I I wanted to like it. I I think I'm one of three people that hasn't watched lost. I watched the first few episodes and then the second, a polar bear showed up on a tropical Island. I checked out. (laughs) So, Oh yeah. I forget about the polar bear. Everyone, the writers forgot about the polar bear. Let's put that, let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah, That's exactly why it's stuff like that. Like why is a polar bear on this Island? Oh, well, we're just never going to answer that. You're just going to have more questions now. Yeah. You know what? It was lost where I kind of developed this idea because I'm a filmmaker. So I'm always kind of like analyzing things and um, with lost that's where i started figuring out that certain shows certain movies are doing what i started to dub blender writing as in you've made your smoothie 
And now you can either drink it. Oh, it tastes like garbage. Let's just throw something else in. So they just keep throwing in new ingredients, trying to make something palatable, but it just keeps making it worse and worse and worse. The thing I did appreciate about that franchise was the, the work they put into it outside of the series. And they had the websites and the fake travel travel companies that you could actually go and research and all the extra hidden stories. And yeah, yeah. They put effort into it, just not where it needed to go. Just not, you know, good or reasonable (laughs) effort to make a good show, you know? (laughs) Totally, totally. And getting back to Squid Game, I feel like everything was really well thought out. Um, There there was some really good foreshadowing. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not going to spoil them yet, but but we'll get back there. Um, The characters, I feel like they all had their, a good reason to be there. And um, minus, you know, all the red shirts. I'm going to call them red (laughs) shirts, but, but the fodder, there were, (laughs) there was a good amount of fodder. I mean, you have a killer game show. People got to die. Like that's just. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I like, I like. You can't kill uh... all the main characters in one episode. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And it's called Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what else yeah i think um it was just really well produced and it was kind of cool because this felt like something that may have existed um in korean film before because sometimes netflix will go out and find like a gem that you know we sure. just haven't seen and then they'll mm-hmm. take that property and kind of reintroduce it this one came out worldwide at the same time so we all get to experience it together along with south korea which is really cool i didn't know that yeah, isn't that fun? Mm, yeah, Netflix, man. They're just <laughs> when you have the money that Netflix has, and you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> well, everyone, only fifteen ninety nine a month. Go ahead and sign up. Go to Netflix dot com and uh... <laughs> and uh, yes, share your passwords. <laughs> that way, it's only eight ninety nine a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You must be changing your batteries, huh, Mongo? Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's those wonderful batteries. Yeah, batteries. you got what twenty minutes out of them. Yeah, Wait, I did. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a USB webcam at some point. You know that? Yeah, you know, I never even thought about <laughs> plugging it directly in, right? Anyway, we can still hear you, so we're gonna keep going. Good, good, um, good. The other thing that. Uh, kept coming up and I read several articles on this is there is a proper way to watch this. Now um, the dubs is how I watched it. How did you guys watch it overdubbed or with subtitles subtitles? I did both. Oh, good for you guys. Because from what I understand, the overdub was wrong. (laughs) So were the subtitles actually. Oh really? Yeah. The subtitles were also off. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of nuance that we as native English speakers and not Korean speakers at all, um, we're missing a lot. And, you know, I saw a bunch of stuff where Korean speakers were saying, you know, you're missing a lot of what's going on here. I didn't feel like that. It did feel a little cheesy at times, but I felt like I had a story, even if it wasn't the original (laughs) story story intention. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, somebody said that the not the closed caption, but the subtitles is the best way to go. Um, mm-hmm. And the closest, the redub. What's interesting is Netflix has this rule where they actually want redubs to be as comfortable as possible. And so they will kind of change things, change the timing so that the words can move with the timing of the original speaker. Does that make oh. sense? And I noticed yeah. that a few yeah. times. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So they try to say words when the mouth is moving. And that doesn't always fit with the original intention of the line. Sure, sure. 
Oh yeah. I, so yeah, I also learned that anybody can write and submit subtitles for Netflix. What? I, I did. I didn't. Mm. They don't have to approve them, but like, if you take the time to write out the subtitles and you can submit them, and then Netflix can choose to use your translation or not. So it's it's not a it's not a professional translator that is they're converting the subtitles. I didn't What? Yeah, I didn't know. That's this. very interesting. Like I'd love to, you know, eventually find like someone who has like some like a very good rating <gasps> on like like, you know, if there's someone that has a good rating that oh, like has yeah. a really good subtitle, I would love to watch that actually that like can introduce maybe some of that 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 context that we're missing as as English speakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happens. That's interesting because um pirated movies will sometimes have multiple sub um chains, yes. right? Yes. You you yeah. can pick your file and people will submit um, different subtitles, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, um, maybe that'll be a thing someday. Media before over the internet, like Schiff, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was in a different country when I watched mine. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I was in Iceland. That, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, but yeah, that's actually a really interesting idea. Is is you know because people can submit subtitles to me on my YouTube stuff, and I've had mm-hmm. people do that, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be really cool if if people could do that on. Netflix, but I guess they're selecting one, right? You know, one right. file to send out, yeah. right? Mm. Not a bunch, but yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. I'm I'm curious about that, and honestly, yeah. like the whole idea of of redubbing is pretty wild because I I also feel like I recognize voices from like um uh, what is it Money Heist? Oh yes, I, and I, the professor his his voice has been used in several different videos. I recognize it yeah. immediately. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a French series, um, another heist, like a museum heist, uh, something like that. Um, but yeah, I could I could hear like the entire cast mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Money Heist in it, and I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of fun." Um, <laughs> that's another great and I, great show. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It's really good. The newest season. All right, let's talk about it real quick. Money Heist. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> the, the newest season, I feel like, was uh, just moving too fast and too. Right uncontrolled they lost a little bit of the magic of the control which is their like oceans 11 superpower right 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 that was the in the first two when everything felt like it was pure chaos and out of control that was part of the plan and and you're right i didn't get that vibe with with this one like things were chaotic and yeah. yeah yeah it definitely felt like things were out of hand even for the smartest planners of the heist right the smartest duke yeah the smartest Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else to say before we get into spoilers? All right, guys. Spoilers, we're going into spoilers. <laughs> we're, we're going into spoilers. Um, I'll try to mark when um, the next bit starts. So if you don't want to get spoiled, um, skip ahead to that. Uh, I'll try to get it in the show notes for you. But um, for the rest of you, the night is dark and full of spoilers. Here we go. <laughs> um <clears throat> So let's see. Um, this isn't really a spoiler, but it's still in the spoiler area. Um, I, I thought of like Maze Runner and Hunger Games when I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very, absolutely. very, very similar. Very Except similar. those for Americans are teenage movies. Whether well, they're geared, they're about teenagers and they're kind of for teenagers, but also an adult audience. This one yeah. it had that same amount of like candy coating, mm. but it was definitely made for adults because when you're talking about like all right so katniss was 
was fighting for survival and there was yeah. no way out of it. But now the people here in Squid Game, they're there because not because they want to be, but because they choose to be. And it's very adult themes. It's all about debt, right? It's all about um, debt or yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's 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 uh like the, the characters are they're not good people. They're all people that have <laughs> like um that have basically run their lives into the fucking ground. Um, you know, with one or two exceptions, but for the most part, they're right. all, they're all deadbeats. Um, who are <laughs> no, they, 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 really they are, are. De- they're middle aged, desperate deadbeats, or at least like like late thirties deadbeats. Yeah, and that's interesting because it didn't have to only be that because they were also making commentary on like you know uh, people from different strata. Um, uh, you know, like uh, medical expenses kind of came up a few times, although none of our leads were dealing with medical expenses. It was their families that were. Sure. Um, well, I, I would say the main, well, the main character, actually, it wasn't his medical expenses, but he went in right. because of family medical expenses. Exactly. Yeah. But you're right. He was just a deadbeat. He was just, you know, kind of yeah. a little bit lazy and a, a little bit. He just, he just like drinking and gambling and, uh, you know, the good things in life. And yeah. um, as a result of that, um, <laughs> as a result of all those wise decisions he made of partying for, you know, his 30 some odd years, he had no profession. He had a, he had racked up debt all around town and yeah. now, out you know, kids. his mom yeah. is sick. And now yeah. it's like, well, what, what's your only option to get your mom out of this? Listen, let yeah. somebody slap you in a subway for, <laughs> yeah. for some, for some po- pocket change. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that every one of the contestants... All right, so the contestants, in order to get talked into doing this, um, one of the representatives of the show uh, meets up with them. They play this game. I don't even know what it was called, but you basically take these two paper cards. They're folded up into like... What was that thing we used to... It was, it was like, like, like made pogs. pogs. Yeah. Are you thinking yeah. pogs? Yeah, yeah. It's like giant yeah. paper pogs. Um, yeah. South Korean pogs, yes. <laughs> exactly. And the idea is you take yours, you, well, the other person puts theirs on the ground. You take yours, try to slam it really hard to flip theirs over. If you do, you win. So this is the game. But did you notice, guys, that he had two cards, one red, one blue. Every one of the contestants chose blue. Mm, not. Interesting. Is, is that a Matrix nod? Is it? It could be. I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, so- also red and blue is generally used for um, it's, it's been used in most American and or like, I guess Western fight sports. For example, you know, in yeah. boxing, there's red and blue gloves and wrestling um, like they'll usually be given something. So so red, you know, a red and blue contestant is a very common Western theme. Well, yeah, and actually, the Korean flag is red and blue and Oh, and, oh, oh good. The, like yeah. that literally might be it instead of the thing I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, kind of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, right? That was red and blue. Yeah, it was red yeah. and blue. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. Um, red, red and blue for contestants in Western cultures is like, that's like kind of the default colors. Mm-hmm. Right. But someone but, brought up the idea that if you chose red, you would become um, not one of the contestants, but one of the workers. Oh, and that's how they would recruit the workers, which I thought was kind of interesting, but they never touched on that in the show. No, they didn't. It's sort of a black hat, white hat situation from uh, <laughs> <laughs> calling back yeah, to from, uh, from, uh, calling back to Westworld or Westworld. Yeah, I mean, that's even uh, or that's even kind of a, a theme that extends beyond that. But they really like nailed on in a Westworld. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> literally literally yeah. black hat, white hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will you face be that more? <laughs> Do you want to be good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> choose now yeah um so of course um biggest spoiler of them all is the old guy 
uh, number one, turns yeah. out to have been running the whole thing. Did you guys know that? Could, did you get any hints of that along the way? I actually did no. not. I was actually um, pretty pretty impressed. Uh, nice. the, I, I actually would have liked because um, um, it's a little it was a little deus ex machina for me like uh, you know it was like this thing that came in and was like oh by the way let's turn let's like flip the table on this there wasn't uh-huh. a hint of, I didn't pick up on a hint of it I would have liked a little bit of a hint so that way when it came through but maybe I'm dumb do you did you guys get a hint on it I got a couple along the way and okay. um, yeah one when the old guy gets shot after losing, um, what is it, marbles, um, marbles? That was one of very few deaths that they panned away from. And I was like, yeah. ooh, you know, the filmmaker in me knows if you don't see someone die, they're not dead. That's yeah. a fair point. Right? But all, I, I, but they also, they hit it really well by focusing on the main character and his reaction, which was actually pretty well done. It, they didn't just pan off to the side, you know? Yeah, yeah. I took that as a, I don't want to watch this old guy that we've fallen in love with. Cause he was a great character. The whole, the whole thing. I was like, nobody mm. wants to watch this guy get his brain <laughs> violently blown out. So especially like, one yeah. that's going through dementia, that's going through dementia. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe that was, that, that was just a respect for the audience type of a play. Yeah. So. I, and I, then, I was on, I was on the Mongo train on that one. Um, you know, I usually <laughs> like look to Mongo, like on how to think and feel. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> As the only person the, I see eye level to, I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I, I got to say, I, I was looking out for it because he was so different than everyone else in the game. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure he was the only one enjoying um, red light, green light. But they kind of mm. they kind of showed like, all right, so he's got cancer. He's dying. He's trying to enjoy his last days. This is the most excitement he's ever had. Um, they, they definitely put it into that box but i was like he's enjoying this a little bit too much plus he knew the rules really well from the beginning like he knew the the stakes sure the the part that threw me was when he voted no and they gave Mm. everybody the decision to vote yes or no to keep playing and he voted no oh i yeah i guess that was the the deal signer for me i'm like oh he's just an old guy that's like "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah too funny. But yeah, um, it's interesting. They they seem to know that people would want to come back. And that was what made this show so interesting was just like Lost, they all decided to come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, on their I, own I accord. Think, I think like one of the very important things that that emphasized was is that um, that they follow the rules. So, for example, like they, they lay out all the rules in the very beginning. And, you know, the, the skeptic in me is like, well, how do I know these guys with guns are actually going to obey the rules? <laughs> right. And so one of the things to me was is, is like, hey, if everyone wants to if, if a majority vote can call a quit, then, hey, uh, we can quit. And the fact that they honored that, I think, really emphasized to me is like, hey, if you win, you will get money. To me, that was that sealed the deal. It's like the, these rules are, are ironclad. Mm-hmm. And that—that that is what I felt was the the per, like like obviously it served a few purposes. It showed that everyone that was desperate enough to do this was willing to come back and do it. But it showed that like, hey, yeah, we're gonna kill you if you fail at these games, but we respect the rules. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. at that point, everyone that came back knew the stakes. Before when the game, because yeah. they, they had played red light, green light first before they took that yeah. vote, so people didn't know the stakes. And once the, they knew the stakes. They still all came back. Yeah. So at that crazy. Point, at that point, that I mean, that just solidifies them all being deadbeats and, and that no. that level of destitute that they would rather risk their lives for the, the money. So 
And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if, if the game makers ever let them know that it would have to come down to one winner. Do you, do you uh, remember? I, I actually got the the specific impression when I was when I was watching it. I'm like, oh, there can be multiple winners. That was okay. Is, okay. Is, is, that is, well. Yeah, that like that's the distinct impression I got, and um, that's one of the things that actually threw me off about this is because it kind of didn't follow some of the preset rules in my mind that maybe I'm accustomed right. to from Western filmmaking. You know, I kind of uh-huh. figure like, oh, hey, there's going to be teams of people, and like maybe a team will win. Like, like I actually anticipated, or like, or like what I thought was going to happen was that, uh, of course, uh, like main character, I'll just call him Deadbeat. Um, you know, <laughs> Deadbeat, and um, you know, his uh, not quite love interest. Um, I figured the two the, of them oh, would win. The, the you know, I figured yeah. it would probably be the two of them on a team winning. Oh yeah, and, that's. Uh, I mean, that's definitely what I was hoping for. I think yeah. that's what a lot of us were hoping for. <laughs> like, like I, I was just like, oh, this, so like my like what I what I loved about this is it defied my expectations. Is I'm like, okay, so here's how it's set up: is uh, is we're gonna you know because it's Squid Game, right? They explained Squid Game. Okay, the final game is Squid Game. It's a team game, so mm-hmm. it's gonna be uh, main character. Or, so it's gonna be Deadbeat. It's gonna be love interest, and maybe they'll have another friend with them. And then the opposing team is going to be thug, and then maybe like one or two assholes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever he dragged with him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, whoever right. dragged with him. And I'm, I was thinking, this is going to be the final showdown. But no, this really defied all of that. And I was, I was super happy to see that. Yeah. And it felt like at almost every stage, not only were they defying our expectations, but also the characters in the show. So each game they would come up with a new expectation, right? So red light, green light, everyone's on their own. Um, but but any but everyone can win. It's you're playing against yourself. It's not a team sport. Yeah. Later on, they introduce um, the ten person teams mm-hmm. uh, for tug of war, and then the characters are like, okay, now we're in these ten person teams. And then of course, the next game, they say you're not in your ten person teams anymore. Pick one other person to be a partner. And yeah. so they kept getting rocked and we as viewers kept getting rocked as well. And I thought that was a lot of fun. And it definitely made you feel very empathetic to the characters as uh, for what they were going through. Yeah, that, definitely, yeah, that, 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 definitely, that was fucking glorious. Yeah, that, that rocked, <laughs> Sorry, that rocked go, me go ahead, too. No, no, you're good. You're good. Because you're right. They had the 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 honeycomb, honeycrisp game where they, they weren't necessarily teams. They just had you pick one of four. The, the guys had kind of teamed up on their own because they knew each other. Well, the two right. guys knew each other. And then... They, they befriended a couple others. And so that, yep. Yeah, so you kind of got that mindset and they had everybody line up in four rows, which was kind of its own team, but not really. And then, yeah, the tug of war. Now you've got that team mentality. And so there's two games in a row now in my, in my mind that like, okay, so we've got our groups. And then like, like, like boss cap was saying, you started getting groups of people. Like this is a good group. That's the thug and his, his henchmen. And, and I had also had that anticipation of, multiple people could win. Cause they said, whoever makes it all six rounds wins the money. They didn't say whoever's the last man standing. They didn't, they just said whoever makes the last six rounds. So yeah, I went into it expecting the, the, the team thing as well. And then, so the next round comes and I'm like, all right, teams of two. And I was like, okay, what's this? This is going to be a good one. And then it was that when they dropped that, that twist that only one of you, one of the teammates gets to live. And then they showed like that husband and wife, like look at each other and i was like oh that's fucked like this that was fucking glorious like it was it was amazing like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i actually that was one of the 
character storylines I wish I would have seen more of. I wanted to see more of them playing against each other. Because during Marbles, they showed a lot of different pairings, mm-hmm. but they did not show the married couple. They just showed the, oh. the, the aftermath that the husband was the survivor. And yeah, uh, I, been, I, I totally agree been. with you with that because I would have loved because like that's an that's an amazing conversation for yeah. a married couple to have. Like which one of us is going to walk out of it here? Like, <laughs> right. Because I, yeah. I know if it was me and my wife, I'd be like, hey, here are my marbles. Like, <laughs> right. Right. And like, that's, that's the other dynamic is if, if that couple was having problems, are they going to try and con each other? Are they going to like, oh, here's all my shoot. marbles and, and then keep, you keep one and then. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that could have been a, an entire episode in itself. No kidding. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing more out of those two. Um, but uh, all right, so I, I do kind of want to wrap things up on Squid Game, but let's just go really quick and just give me a thumbs up, thumbs down on five different things. Um, and if you want to, you can throw in a quick point. But uh, story, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I, I enjoyed it. Yep, thumbs up from me. Directing, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up uh, and, I'm an electrician. I don't know what directing is. Thumbs neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs neutral. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the acting and uh, for if you watch the dubs, uh, include include the uh, dub acting. Uh, th- thumbs up. I um, as someone that watched it with subtitles, I felt like uh, even though I was watching on subtitles, it was it was like the 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 pain, the back and forth, especially on the marbles with the uh, the main character and the old man, or with Deadbeat and the old man. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, thumbs up for thumbs up for me too. I was I was enthralled the whole time. Yeah, and uh, I I gotta agree. I'm gonna give a thumbs up on acting, even though the dub every now and then was obviously wrong and it kind of cheesed things out. Sure. Uh, they did a great job. I felt really connected to the story. Very rarely did I feel pulled out because of the acting. And obviously the, the original actors, I didn't, I don't know Korean, but they <laughs> sold it even in a different language, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The cinematography, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up for me. It was simple, but it, super effective. Yeah. So. Um, thumbs up for me. Um, it was, it was, it was a, a joy to watch. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of really cool color. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the the costumes and the lighting and everything was just great. Thumbs up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and last one, mu- music. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Um, the music didn't really grab me, but never was there a point where I felt like the music was bad or took me out of it. So I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I I don't remember the music, so I don't know if that's a good or not. But like, it, I wasn't pulled out by it, so I guess. Them. I'm gonna do something. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> the, the music did its job. Is is mm-hmm. how I like feel feel like it. Like it wasn't like I wasn't like sitting on a cloud with like cherubs there like playing the music. But it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, was it was adequate for the uh, the the show. And um, I I'm gonna agree with you guys. I'm going like either a, a, a thumb sideways to a thumbs up. The music did not stick out, but there were a few moments where. Um, like they went into an extreme slow-mo and I thought the music was helping that rather than hindering it. Um, where, where I did notice the music was spot on. Hmm. Um, all right. And then lastly, last thing we'll talk about squid game. Give me the one or two things. If, uh, did anything bother you is basically what I'm trying to say. What would you, what would you fix? Uh, there, there were, I was going to say there were, there was a few things that didn't get answered. Um, and there were a few things that uh, like the brother reveal, I saw that coming a mile away. That was, uh-huh. and, th- and then they punched you in the face with it a few times, and then they just <laughs> kind of, they just didn't do anything with it. That was kind of an, a, a, a gripe with me. Uh, and there, there was just a couple little nitpicky things, like 
like showing showing the showing the tunnel with all the bombs and then you never see it again and, <laughs> and just little things like that so I, yeah but no i i don't overall i i don't have any real gripes about it yeah boss cap um I'm having trouble thinking of things I would change. Like, but like I was about ready to jump in with some things I would change. I'm like, no, but that's a terrible idea. So uh, they're much smarter than me. So uh, <laughs> they did the best thing. Um, yeah. yeah, for me, uh, same thing as the um, as the tunnel, which I think the tunnel might show up in like a season two. But maybe, something maybe. there's two storylines they started, or at least hinted to that they didn't even touch once they did it, and it was when the girls went and snuck into the air shaft. Um, oh, all they right. did yes. was get a hint about um the honeycomb game mm-hmm. and then they never went back and they even showed that the vent was left open like the screw wasn't all the way in um so they never got discovered they never took advantage of being able to sneak around again um so i was kind of a little disappointed that that just went away mm-hmm. and then same thing the gangster guy though the one that was like in a in a mob um yeah he thug. got a bunch of yeah the thug as yeah, we call him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's literally like what they called him in the subtitles was the thug. The yeah. Thug, yeah. He, when he was on the outside, he convinced the other guys to go back in, or at least that he was going to go back in, in order to like rob the prize money. But he never made any attempt outside of just doing the game to kind of s- circumvent the game and just steal the money altogether. Sure, sure. Well, uh, but he did- well so, so I would say like he wanted to do that, but then he got um, backstabbed by his guys <laughs> and then had to jump yeah. in the river. And so then he's like, um, so yeah, I, I'll push back on that a little bit. I don't think that okay. he, he never, he, he wanted to do that, but then he literally couldn't because uh, his thugs were like, Hey, we got paid out by, you know, uh, the big boss and we're just going to steal your organs now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh yep all right i'll give you a point back for that but because you're absolutely right Bam. he was trying to convince Boss the rest cap of the crew one yep. mongo zero makeshift <laughs> minus one <laughs> mongo you're in second place players will be eliminated after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I all right guys one bullet touch me <laughs> we are gonna take a very quick break um and we'll be right back with our thoughts on dune see you in a sec yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are hard out there in the waste, but the last thing you need is a bout of radiation sickness bringing you down. That's why I created radical new treatment called Concentrated Fallout Therapy to help you build a tolerance to those pesky ionizing particles. Here at Dr. Prepper Labs, we gradually up your dose of X-rays, gamma rays, and quasi-stable high atomic weight particle exposures, so your body will never be caught unprepared in radioactive storm again. Dr. Prepper, fight fallout with fallout. Concentrated Fallout Therapy may cause mutations, disfigurement, or early death. All right, guys, we are back. And uh, the rest of this episode, minus one little thing at the end, is going to be all about Dune because it's worth the time and uh, it's definitely worth the watch. Um, you guys both saw it, what, this mm-hmm. this weekend, yeah? Yep, that's correct. Yep, I saw it this weekend. Fantastic. What'd you see then? Did you go to the theater or did you watch it on uh, streaming? I went to the theater. I I, uh, I had it. It was one of the movies that when I saw the trailer, I was like, this, this is a theater only <laughs> movie for me. So Good for you. Yeah. And Boss Cap? Uh, I saw it in theater myself and uh, was not disappointed. Oh, man, I'm jealous. I watched it on HBO Max. <laughs> and uh, and then my, my roommate came home right as we started it, so we had to turn the big speaker off and listen oh. to it through the TV speakers. Boo. But here's, here's, the best, here's the best part of it, guys. I'm going to watch this movie again. 
I don't watch most movies more than once. I'm definitely watching this one again. Watching Dune for the first time reminded me a lot of like when I first watched Star Wars or Jurassic Park or any of the movies that you just watch over and over and over again. It's this whole world and you can't wait to dive back in, even if it's watching the same story. This one too, uh, seeing it in theaters, um, when you've got the 25.1 surround sound speakers that those theaters have, um, (laughs) they did a great job with the audio. Uh, Yeah, with the the way the music was and then when the music wasn't and the sound effects and the dialogue. And yeah, they they did. Yeah, I, I recommend seeing it in theaters. Like, Nothing, nothing against seeing it at home on your in the comforts of wearing pajamas, but people wear their pajamas <laughs> in the theater now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, but um, so getting to Dune the way we saw it this weekend has been a long road. So, as you guys know, the book came out in what sixty five. I think I think that's what it was. I think Is that right? Sounds sounds like it. It's it's been around for a minute, right? Um, and they've tried to do this a few times. There was uh, the David Lynch version, um, which sixty five, yep, yep, nineteen sixty. Yeah. When did when did the David Lynch come out? That was nineteen eighty four. Okay, nineteen eighty four. Um, and from what I understand, they did a really good job with it. But David Lynch wanted it to be a three hour movie, and the studio made him cut it down to one thirty seven, which some people think that the version that came out was a bit of a misfire for Dune just because it didn't really get into the depth of that world. That, um, that world is so involved. It would be like yeah. trying to condense all of the Lord of the Rings into an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. Movie. I mean, like, it, it's, just... it's a three inch paperback is, is, is <laughs> the, the, so they basically made a two and a half. They took a three inch paperback and condensed it down to a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. And, and part of that, um, kind of goes with this Dune is actually labeled part one, which is great because they're going to take Dune the book and turn it into two a two part series. Um, although mm-hmm. the second one's not locked in yet, so I don't no, know when they're going to make really? that decision, but hopefully it's soon. So the reason being was um, I can never pronounce the director's name of this one. He wanted to see if the box office numbers were worth doing the second half. That's that so a- weird. And then, and then, um, he, him, and HBO actually are disputing at the moment because HBO, by releasing it the same day it opened, killed a lot of the box office numbers because p- half the people right, stayed home and course. watched it. So the box office didn't do the what he was hoping it would do. And so there's a quarrel right now between the director and HBO to try and get the information of how many people streamed it on, on launch day and stuff to see, mm-hmm. cause he doesn't want, he was saying he doesn't want to take the time and effort it took to make this movie. If no one wants to see it, right. So, right? <laughs> if it doesn't bring in a giant pile of money, he doesn't want to do it. So, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's why nothing's locked in because they were waiting for numbers and then HBO kind of hosed them with the stream and, Yeah. And it's so weird because this is something I've heard happening to like a lot of directors, a lot of actors, they get into these contracts where a lot of their money actually comes from the theatrical release um, Mm -hmm. in the, in, I mean, it's a bit of an older release model now where it goes to the movie theater first and then six weeks later it goes to rental. And then, you know, a month later it finally starts going to broadcast. Um, But streaming like disrupted all of that. The pandemic disrupted all of that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so whereas streaming has been a godsend for smaller budgeted movies, mm-hmm. it can actually be 
um, just the opposite for these big budget movies because the money's just not there in streaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because exactly. rather than paying, you know, the ten bucks a ticket to go see this thing in theaters per person, now we're paying ten bucks a ticket. Like, what what theater are you going to? <laughs> uh, let me know. Like <laughs> hey, two thousand three called. They want their ticket prices. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a minute since I've been to an actual theater. Shoot, I don't even know. Um, what are, what are they charging? What'd you guys pay? Uh, it was twenty two for me. No, oh, but you um, saw like the IMAX version, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. but, um, yeah, but mine still. was upper teens. Okay, okay, yeah, it's it's pretty expensive. Okay, so instead of getting twenty bucks a ticket times a family of four, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah ten dollars a month times a family of you know as yeah. many as people can fit on the couch. Yeah, right. you can easily drop a hundred bucks in the theater these days. So easily. Yeah. yeah. And um and HBO did not do what Disney's been doing, which is on their big releases, they actually charge an additional rental on top of your subscription. Correct, correct. To kind of like, I don't know, maybe just split the difference a little bit, right? But um Yeah. But yeah, I think it's getting so much good response from everyone I know. I mean, I'm also friends with a lot of uh, post-apocalypse and sci-fi fans, um, but uh, hopefully the general public's also really? enjoying the heck out of this. <laughs> Tell us more about that. <laughs> wait, wait, you? <laughs> no kidding, right? You have friends uh, that are into the post-apocalypse? <laughs> wait, what is this post-apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dune wasn't even really a post-apocalypse either, right? It just had the, the look and feel. It takes um, place 20,000 years in the future. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, they they said ten thousand, ten thousand whatever, but that was actually ten thousand years after whatever giant thing happened on Earth. Oh, so yeah, so it's not even AD and BC anymore. It's ten thousand ADD or AAD. Oh, or, some no. uh, so they they stopped. They Price gave up came on back, Jesus. So it's actually after death. death. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> the the HCB the when he came back so yeah <laughs> yeah so it takes ten thousand years ten thousand years after whatever cataclysmic event changed how we keep time oh gotcha and uh, uh, it seems like everyone like there's a lot of humans so this is all humans that have like populated other planets and then kind of created their own societies there that's Asc- what these different houses are yeah, and then yeah, I no. noticed that there were non-humans as well right. Mm, Am I just uh, making that up? I think you're making that up, unless I'm dumb and didn't catch it. Like, <laughs> or like, 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 I mean, one could argue that some of the people that use well, that have used the spice long terms are non-human, but um, <laughs> like, I think everyone is is was originally human that is in the movie. Yeah, you, you okay. are right in the sense that there were there are uh, android computers. Like the um oh, the actor I can't think of his name right now. He was actually he was the like lieutenant or the security of the House of Atreides or whatever. He was actually okay. a, an android. Did we time, know that? Uh, not not kinda, in the movie. Well, so whenever you see any of the people that their eyes roll back and go white, oh those yeah, are, those are are. Compu- oh yeah, what they call computers. them? Um, mentats, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. But not yeah. in the movie. You don't know they're they're a mentat in the movie. Right. Yeah, they, they never spell that out. Yeah, right. Which is pretty yeah, interesting. So, and so, I, so I thought they were just like a long-term spice users, but it's also been 15 <laughs> years since I've read the book. So sure. So yeah, anytime their eyes roll back, they're computing essentially, or they're Got they're it. recalling, or they're Google searching their brain. Yeah. So oh, yeah. wild. Okay, but um, to kind of bring it back, it is a post-apocalypse. To the is it the Freeman Fre- Fremen? How do you pronounce that? Fremen. Yeah, the they, people they call, they, they call it Fremen in the movie. 
Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely um, kind of a tongue-in-cheek free men. Like, oh, I, um, they right. They weren't even subtle about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are. They, they are the natives. They are the free men. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of a post-apocalypse for them because now they've been invaded. Their whole world's been disrupted, and they've had to fight back against these oppressors. So for them, it's mm. post-apocalypse or yeah. just apocalypse. I don't know which one would yeah. it be. I mean, well, I don't think they've ever had an apocalypse. Future. Like, like they're <laughs> they've literally just lived on this harsh planet for you know, and they kind of established that they have this culture, right? That's gone right. back hundreds of years. So they're literally they literally just live in this very harsh environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the environment. I mean, again, absolutely beautiful. Um, the the filmography in this was just gorgeous um the desert scape was great the cgi was pretty on point minus a, a couple small things barely noticeable um but uh but yeah absolutely stunning great storyline um trying to keep up with all the families in the beginning i think they did a pretty good job of setting up the world because when you jump into like fantasy especially it's really hard to figure out uh who's who what's going on who's your who's the friendlies um, who are the bad guys? But I think they did a pretty good job of laying that all, all out, right? Yeah. Especially if for the the generation, the like the the new guy, the the young millennials and the Gen Z that didn't grow up in 1984 and watch the old dude, <laughs> the old David Lynch. Doom, this is a whole new world, a whole new everything. Minus yeah. the Star Wars aspect, but, <laughs> but <laughs> stolen. I'm just anyway. But yeah, so the, yeah, so I I agree. They did a great job of of handling all the different houses and all the different races and so to speak for this. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. There was a few times when I had a really hard time understanding it. And maybe it was just that I wasn't listening at full volume anymore, but did you guys notice any like mumbling or weird words? Subtitles on (laughs) while you're you're watching this one. (laughs) That that might've been it. (laughs) So so that was the number one gripe I've read. And I, I had too, was that the audio, sometimes the dialogue was really hard to understand. Yeah. It it came off kind of mumbly. It came off kind of bassy. That was the only audio gripe that I, I, and I agree. There were certain scenes where I was having to like turn my ear, even with the beautiful 28.3 sound, sound <laughs> of the movie theater. No, um, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. There was, there were certain parts that the dialogue was, was hard to hear. And so, yeah. but I, I did track that up. Uh, I watched not the tenant, the movie tenant uh-huh. that came mm-hmm. out. They did that on purpose. So I kind of chalked it up. They made, because he was talking about how the dialogue is not the important part of the movie. The movie itself mm-hmm. is the important part, and the dialogue is just something that happens in it. So my brain just huh. instantly categorized it as, "Oh, the the dialogue isn't actually important in the scene. It's more of what is the scene is about." So that's, I don't know if that's, that's true or not. Point. But huh. yeah. and one thing that I thought that they did a very good job of, and this is something that is I, I think best captured in theaters, is that um, so it kind of takes a page or like Hans Zimmer like kind of takes a page out of the. Uh, um, what what happened in the most recent Blade Runner where the, there's a lot of deep bass throughout it and the yeah. theater you really get to feel a lot of that and like it 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 works very well when you see this massive city size starship kind of rumble over and uh, with the wide screen with the bass you really get to like feel and see it and so this um the movie felt very massive while I was in the theater. Yeah. And I, I gotta say, even at home, the movie felt massive. There was a really great, um, feeling of scale of just the, the size of the planet, the size of some of the characters. Um, 
and size of absolutely the sandworms. The, size of the sandworms, yeah. <laughs> sandworms were freaking huge. And by the way, do you think that Tremors was like, huh, Dune's got sandworms? Maybe we could do sandworms. <laughs> I, I, li- I also, li- I, I thought about that as well. So, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, <laughs> Sarlacc pits and uh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when when that's when you first got when you got your first glimpse. I don't know if this is are we doing spoilers yet or no? Shoot, are you guys ready for spoilers? Uh, let's just get into spoilers. You guys, we we all like the movie. Go watch it, uh, and here come the spoilers. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's not so much. I mean, it's a spoiler, but it's not a spoiler. That first scene when you see when you get your first glimpse of the sandworm coming after that spice collector. And like you see it running through the running through the, the dunes, and then you see the ground start to turn into like quicksand. Yeah. And then when you it, the, everything starts to sink into the middle, but then it just keeps sinking and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you see the teeth, and then yeah. you get to see all the rest of the teeth, and you're like, yeah. oh shit, that that sandworm can swallow a city. <laughs> like, like like holy shit! They, I mean, they yeah. did a, an awesome, awesome, awesome job at showing the true scale of those things. Right. Um, here's a question, though, and this is a bit of a just a weird sciencey question. But on this planet where there's sand, like no plant life, and you have forty thousand humans that all know how to avoid sandworms at this point, um, <laughs> how how are these things living? <laughs> how, like, what are they surviving on? They're obviously using a lot of energy to move through this sand, uh, and there's not a lot to eat. I think that it's so um, there's a lot of Dune books. I did not read a lot of them. Uh, I read the first one. Um, I think that is answered by further Dune books. Okay. Okay. So maybe some fan fiction was like, you know, they're, they're not, they're or not even fan fiction, but like, uh, I know that like things kind of went off the rails a little bit, or at least <laughs> thus I've heard for, oh, for things. It, did. But, um, it, it, like, it got super confusing. Yeah, and um, it, it got a okay. little weird, but like I, I think that a lot of like those like kind of more sciencey questions kind of yeah. bit, like are answered in further Dune books. Okay, because like right, yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. What, like what does a massive predator eat? Generally, massive prey. What <laughs> right. is there not on this planet? <laughs> There's fucking nothing. Yeah, buildings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's sagebrush. Uh, oh, I guess this giant thing just eats sagebrush every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really interesting for me was all right. So we're ten thousand years past whatever cataclysmic thing happens on earth um there's obviously some incredible technology going on where interstellar travel um we have these massive spacecraft that seem to be pretty damn all powerful um there's lasers that can go through everything and yet people are using swords and sticks um where are the projectiles where are the phaser guns you know it seemed like everything was kind of dumbed down um to lightsabers in in a way um whereas they could have been using um, in, in Star Wars, here's what I'm trying to say. In Star Wars, they say that they use lightsabers because it's a more elegant gentleman's weapon. Um, they did not do that in Dune. So why aren't they just like firing guns at each other? So um, there, there's actually um, one of the things that was that I distinctly remember from the book, and it was actually an excellent scene that I thought they, sh- you know, they should have included a, a bunch of scenes, but I thought they should have included <laughs> this one. Um, there's actually a initial scene where the the young Atreides, I'm forgetting his first name. Good, good job on your doing your homework for this, Neil. Um, <laughs> boss Is, Paul? Uh, Is it Paul? Um, so yeah, Paul. Um, Paul. Um, basically, he does a gladiatorial bout with a guy that has a kind of uh, disabled or uh, not quite functional shield. So these personal shields are very common throughout the empire. Any fast moving thing 
gets deflected by it. So bullets oh. get deflected by the shield, and and uh, bullets get deflected by the shield. That's why the hunter seeker that came after him was this sort of slow piercing thing. Oh, and they they, so, they demonstrated that as well when when the um, Harkonnen showed up and were bombing all the ships. They they would launch missiles that would move slow through the sh- through the shield, and that was the whole red and blue thing. Like if blue was too fast, red was dangerous. And so they would bore through the shield. They'd move really slow. And then the second it w- the ship would blow up, it was completely contained inside the shield until until the shield generator failed and then the ships would blow up. So if you go back and watch and they're, bo- they're bombing the city, all these bombs are hitting and then just slowly falling through and then exploding. And it's a self-contained explosion for a brief period of time. And like the shields are fl- flickering blue and red. And then finally, once the shield generator is destroyed, then the explosion releases. That makes so much more sense. When I saw that scene, I thought that the bombs were trying to drop drop through the shield and the shield was resisting them, except it was only temporary or only able to slow them down. So the bomb was slowly slipping through. But that makes more sense that these shields are for fast moving items and that something slow could get through. And that's yeah. why uh, it's also hinted at um, Duncan Idaho, uh, Jason Momoa's character and, and, uh-huh. and Gurney, ha- Gurney Halleck, Josh Brolin's character. <clears throat> Those two are like super, 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 really good fighters because they've they know the speeds at which to fight with a sword that that can go through the shields without a problem. They're they're not going too fast. They're not going too slow. They're going fast enough to not be blocked, but slow enough to cut through the shields where everyone that's fighting them is just bouncing, like bouncing off of them. Oh, funny. And yeah, yeah, there's and and, 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 like. Oh, uh, one uh, of the big things in like the 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 scene that's in between the uh, uh, when uh, the young Atreides fights the big bad Fremen that comes in, um, you know he he stops when he's got the blade next to his neck, and part of the reason for that is that um, when you're going to do your killing blow, you actually have to move very slowly to get through. And that's not something that was really explained. And, you know, if you had read the books, you would know like, oh, okay. Like you can't just full bore try and hit or stab someone. You need to get close to them, work through the shield very slowly, and then you can kill them. Wow. They they showed this again one other time when, so the, when uh, Duncan Idaho, Jason Momoa's character was running through and they blow darted him. Those are slow boring darts, but he, it hit the shield and stopped to the point where he saw it and flicked it away with his sword. Right. So, like, oh, yeah. Showing yeah. the projectiles are, are kind of useless. Got it. Okay, yeah. that starts to make much more sense. And by the way, is this the first time we've seen Jason Momoa's actual face? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. His, his actual face was the only thing that pulled me out of the movie a few times. <laughs> and I'm like, just put the beard back on, man. Just put the beard back on. <laughs> Do you remember that time you showed us pictures this of you without a beard? This is a beard, beard only mom? podcast. So, uh. <laughs> this is a beard only podcast. Yes, yes. I know what I look like without facial hair. <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid at this point um, that, that by the next time I trim, my face will have changed. Does that happen? Oh, it absolutely yeah. does. Well, welcome to age. Yeah. And you get that nice yeah, waddle. I don't, yeah, I, don't. yeah I, I look like an old man when I – like I, I, so for, for my job uh, during the pandemic, I actually had to completely shave to wear an N95 all the time. And like literally, oh, yeah. I had a mustache, and I'm like, I look like a fat old man now, and uh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm not looking forward to my next shave. I'm gonna have to at some point, but for now, let's keep it going. Beards yeah. are great, Rocket Brothers are great. 
I mean, it's almost Movember anyway, so. Oh, sure. Groom your beards. <laughs> like, as somebody who's had a beard forever, groom them. Groom them. Just, it, yeah. it doesn't take much. Groom them. <laughs> I, um, I had let mine go for, like, two months leading up to Wasteland just because I could kind of get away with it. And then it was super scraggly during Wasteland, which looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got the trim afterwards. <laughs> and, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, but then um, getting it trimmed afterwards, I was like, oh, yeah, I can still look handsome with this thing. Like, it still it kind of works. Like, I don't have to look like an like an ugly hobo. Yeah, it's, it's hair. Take care of it. That's all. That's all yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, all right. So this was part one of a two part series to do the full story. How do you guys feel about how we got left off at the end of Dune part one? I actually really appreciate it because now is when it gets not complicated, but there was, there was so much there's it's, it's basically now the story begins essentially. Like this (laughs) was, this was all lead up to the actual Dune story. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it it being a two part series because the next part gets really in depth and complicated and detailed. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the main character, um, adjusting to being a freeman and his his arise in that society and it's very different than what you know the first movie was which is like kind of introducing like the international conflict and him you know eventually then being on the run functionally so now like the next part should be you know if it follows the book should be him um um doing his best within that society and and rising up in it yeah, pretty wild because um, at the end, you know, we, we kind of get the the true climax, which is the attack on the planet where, um, oh, shoot, the bad family, Harkonnen. Bad ugly, Har- the Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Yeah, Harkonnen, where they yeah. where they attack and basically take out all of Paul's uh, entire house. Right. Um, but then we kind of get this lesser climax of him having to do the duel. Um, yeah. And. And ending it quickly after the duel, I felt like, oh man, that 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 was a little bit like, oh, it's just getting started, and you're going to cut it off here, aren't you? And then they did, and I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, all right, so to kind of take it back to uh, Star Wars, which I think is its closest relative uh, as far as like a, a world and the way it feels, it's definitely a hero's journey, um, that kind of thing. Um, Star Wars Episode Four ended with um, the the destruction of a death star and that's like within a few moments after the death star was destroyed that's where the first movie ended they could have ended the story there and i think that one of the reasons they did was because they didn't know if they were going to do well and be able to do more Um, meanwhile this one they also have no idea if they're going to be able to do this second one and yet they've kind of ended it when the story is beginning rather than finding that that point of like exit does that make sense Mm -hmm. it does It does. So, um, and like it, it's it's a slow thing. His integration of the Fremen society doesn't happen overnight. It's not like he wins one duel and everyone's like bowing down to him. <laughs> and uh, you know, like he has to like adjust to the desert. He has to um, like promote himself within the people. So um, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And uh, like at least in the book, it's a very uh, like uh, yeah uh, transcendental thing. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that plus, makes sense. Plus, he has all of his his Bene Gesserit powers that he's just now coming into now that he's in contact with the spice and and all of that as well so there's there's lots of coming of age stories <laughs> that are yeah, about to yeah. happen and right. also like the 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 um the the voice um audio they did for it was 
fucking great. Like I, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Like it's, you mean it, his, it, um, his magic voice. Yeah, yeah like like yes. using the psychic power voice was fucking yeah. awesome. It was. Yeah. I I thought it it definitely. I think they introduced that really well, and they like they mixed some visual aspects of it with the audio and yeah i was like okay yep this is this is the magic this is the force uh, and it worked out really well yeah it wasn't quite like do you want to play a game like, <laughs> like, like a little bit of that but uh wasn't yeah. or, or, or going back to squid game it wasn't quite like oh you put on a mesh mask and now your voice is you know like a darth vader's um like <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah and and they did a visual the good visual thing too where like they show him speaking, but the voice doesn't sync up with his mouth now. Yeah. And there's some de- echo and delay. And yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, they did a, they did a great job. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned that this was Hans Zimmer that did the music earlier. I was actually going to ask you guys that if you knew who it was watching the movie, because um, he's got I, distinct. Yeah. Well, I was like, you know, this, it's gotta be, you know, the same guy that did, um, oh shoot. What am I, what am I trying to say here? Um, uh, Inception, right? Because Inception had that wah thing oh, going sure. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then he's also the same guy that's done like more classic orchestrations for like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? So um, he just proves yeah. again that he gets the content um, and he really, he really knows how to, um, to he's make seen the most movie. recent Blade Runner. He knows that like just <laughs> turning up the bass on all on all of your or like uh you know all, all your synthesizers like oh synth bass yeah well, like listen to a bunch of that like <laughs> I'm making fun of him but I, I actually fucking loved it in this movie yeah and I, I it was a great it, experience yeah. in the theater like like rocking like kind of like feeling the vibration in my seat as like the voice yes. happens or as a starship comes overhead was fucking right. glorious so yeah and, and they also did the opposite of that too where there were some scenes where they cut all audio except for the one thing that you were supposed to focus on and it like sucked the air out of the room suspense wise and so yeah you would you would leave from like this this beautiful score and this blah to like the audience that now themselves is now holding their breath because <laughs> Because of the music and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. the audio was, it, was great. It, it had a very wasteland feel, right? Because the desert is a very quiet place. Yeah. And uh, mm. bring it back to wasteland, like, it's one of those things that, like, you know, there's the roar of the V8 engines. There's, uh, like, the singing, the dancing, all that stuff. But you get these moments at a wasteland, and you also get it in this movie, of the desert just being sort of this quiet thing. And then, like, the soft sort of play of the wind coming through and maybe flapping something or the, or the dust <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. You see, you you can hear the tumbleweed because it's so quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the other things that kind of stuck out at me was the desert walk or the sand walk. What was it called? Um, how you have to walk different so that the worms didn't hear you. you. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was a little silly, to be honest. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's, it's like, you know, you're taking the, the worms seem to uh, be attracted to any kind of a sound. Cause like the thumper, I mean, mm. would the thumper work if it wasn't in rhythm? Pr- it probably would work if it wasn't in rhythm, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there were a lot of things you could have included from the book. That one I felt was <laughs> not the best include. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, like, I mean, like it kind of took a lot of, uh, well, it took a quote unquote, a lot of time because, um, you know, obviously this movie was like pat like every scene was packed with a bunch of lore and yeah. a bunch of like cultural stuff and it's like oh you we we needed to like take a bunch of time about how you walk from place to place i'm like eh like i i would have you know i probably would have included other things personally yeah 
Because other than that one time when he had to teach the mom, here's how you sandwalk, uh, nobody sandwalked <laughs> at right any up. time <laughs> other than that. And even when they were doing that right then, they there were still a couple of shots where they were just like walking and running. And I was like, yeah. I don't think it's that necessary. And they probably could have just been like, oh, there's no sandworms here today. So I guess we lucked <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how long it would take you to actually get to your destination if that's what oh you had to God. do? You like, had to like water, do, do like water, a little dance or something everywhere you went. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exhausting to walk through the sand. Anyone that's been to the beach knows that like if you park more than 100 feet from your from, from where you set up on the beach, uh, that it's tough to carry a cooler. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't have coolers to carry. They had backpacks, so they were good. <laughs> yeah, both hands were free. Yeah. yeah, but like if they wanted to save two minutes out of the movie, they could have just gotten rid of that and been fine. Um, but I, uh, I, I agree. But it was that. okay. Like, I, I the, get the, what they the, were doing. Yeah. I mean, like I would have maybe included the scene where it actually explained how the shields work during like a gladiatorial bout, for example. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they very briefly did when Josh Brolin's <laughs> attacked him in the room. But, yeah, it, oh, yeah, no, you're right. you, you had to pay very close attention. Like, yeah. um, one thing that I felt during this movie is, is because I had read the book, um, mm. I felt like um, I like a lot of my information was already onboarded, and so now it's 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 interesting to hear you talk about it, makeshift, because like you, the, there were things that I'm like, hey, I don't know if they explain the shields very well, and clearly makeshift is like you know, someone that like saw the movie and didn't read the book. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that suspicion was 100% confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's like, Oh, we need sandwalk, but like, let's not explain how shields work and why there's no projectiles <laughs> in this. Like, <laughs> like, like why does Bull have a gun? That, yeah. was, that was the the other thing with the sand compactor. When, when Jason Momoa brought it up first, he's like, this is a sand compactor. And then the only, at first I was like, I don't, I don't yeah, know what, what is it? Is. What does it do? And, it's just move sand. It's right. just a, it's a, um, a fan. No, it's <laughs> a like, sandomancer. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he used it to bore his way out of the, out of the dune or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any idea. And then he held it to the ground and I was like, Oh, is it a map? Does it just turn the sand into a vibration, like a sonar thing? But I, I guess it just moves. That the was sand. really weird. Hey, this is a sand compactor. Let me give you a quick demonstration while we're first introducing this thing. Would be nice. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I, at first I was like, sand. Is it, does it convert sand into usable cubes? What is it? <laughs> yeah. Right. What's it compacting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there were a few, a few little things like that, but I think it was all forgiven because the story was just that good. Um, so I don't think we need to do, oh, by the way, um, the cast in this was stellar. Um, one person who I, it took me a minute to figure out because, uh, he just looks totally, totally different was Oscar Isaac, who played the father, um, who also plays Poe in the, uh, Star Wars prequels. No, He's also sequels. Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he was excellent by the way. Uh, yes. And, yeah. and his voice Fantastic. seemed, he, he was, he, he did. I wish he did that as good a job as Poe as uh, <laughs> he was. I, uh, I, I liked him as Poe, but he was like all American, like college student yeah. as Poe, right? Yeah, yeah. like he, he kind of played it like like not another teen movie rather than as an epic sci-fi. The the one that got me was uh, Stella, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. I didn't recognize him right away. Oh, wow. And he was, yeah, he was the, the, um, uh, the Baron of the Harkonnen. The, the, yeah, the, oh, the that's that guy that floated. Yeah, you know? and the, like, like the you know, as, as far as like the Baron Harkonnen went, like 
Uh, I thought that was played very well because it kind of showed that he was like sort of evil and gross, but they didn't didn't like spend a bunch of camera time on him. Like you got it very distinctly off of the few shots that you had of him. Like I feel like they did a good job of distilling his character and like you know a good job of whoever did the editing of uh, like really pulling that across and it not taking a long time. Right, yeah. like the, the David Lynch version where he's got the fluctuating boils all over his face. Oh. And, uh, the pus everywhere. Yeah, they didn't do that. They took a good job to. He's a he's a a gross dude. Is all. Yeah, is all he's, he's, he, he, he's the bad guy. Like he's, yeah, yeah, he's a bad guy. Mean. He's gross. He likes to eat a lot. You know, he kills people. Um, and they did a great job of just like, hey, here's his character, and they offered it up, and I thought in a manner that was very fast, efficient, and like easy to uh, mm-hmm. like fit mm-hmm. into the movie. Yeah, but one other another thing where they did not explain the technology. Uh, I thought he could just fly for the whole movie. I thought he could just fly. Oh, I didn't sure. realize that he had some kind of a uh, you know future wheelchair that helped him get around. Yeah, the anti-gravity. Yeah, that's kind of part yeah. of the thing is that like he's like kind of um, he's he's a glutton, right? So he likes to eat a lot. He doesn't yeah. want to move around. So he's got kind of these uh, these little hover. He's got like the kind of in the book. It's more of like a. Uh, like it's almost like a skirt that he wears. Um, however, I thought the like the way they did it in the movie was was actually uh, very good, and it like um, did it very well. But then again, you know, I'm kind of onboarding the information that I had from the book <laughs> to then put it in this thing, and then makeshift who you know didn't read the book is is like, how does this work? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> too no, funny. I, um, and while we're talking about the book, would you? I mean, is it is it worth the read for people who haven't read it yet? I would say absolutely. Um, um, so it has um, it has a a bit of a timeless quality to it, um, and this is um, sort of some uh, something that kind of comes from like Ender's Game, in that the technology is not. Um, it's described, but it's not like it's not describing like what the headdress looks like. It leaves a lot to the imagination. So they tell you what the technology does, but allows you to fill it in your mind's eye. And I think ah. that is uh, something that lends a little bit of itself to timelessness because you're like, oh, okay, they they pull out a computer, you know, like you know he'll you know he'll say like, oh, you pull out a computer, and and now we can fill that in with like, does it look like a cell phone? Does it look like a tablet? Right. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. So um, I think that um, like a lot of sci-fi, it doesn't age well, but because <laughs> um, I mean, like that's just the nature of the genre. Um. I, I definitely would recommend, uh, like, if you like the movie or if you just are interested in a little bit of retro sci-fi, I think it's fantastic. Awesome. That's story, story-wise, it is a phenomenal story. I mean, he took the time to build an entire universe. It gets a little, uh, not convoluted, it gets a little heavy, a little thick towards the end of the series. And okay. it, it, it gets a little hard to follow and you I, I found myself having to go back and reread stuff to uh-huh. make the later stuff make sense but overall no I, I think I think it's a it's definitely a good read yeah and I I read somewhere that it's it's full of exposition which if you're not familiar expositions like where I'm an electrician the... what's exposition <laughs> <laughs> Mongo no no <laughs> uh, it's it's in filmmaking or in books where you literally are just like spelling out facts and or history or storyline or or a character's backstory um, there's less action and just more telling you all this stuff um, and so sometimes that can be considered boring like in a movie um, it's it's always better to show it don't say it 
Um, because right, if you right, say it, you're, yeah. you're just kind of like, you know, you just have characters telling each other things rather than doing things. So you mean the opening um, scene of the David Lynch one where she's literally just <laughs> facing the camera narrating the first four minutes. is not good. <laughs> what do you mean? I am, I am <laughs> not upset that that <laughs> style of filmmaking has uh, gone away. <laughs> <laughs> Although like, well, like one thing I will say is that there was zero exposition for, uh, um, um, was it Vladimir Harkonnen, the uh, the big bad? And mm-hmm. they portrayed his character fucking excellently. Like, you know, yeah. I feel like you know everything you need to know about his character off yeah. of the scenes that he was in, just the way he acted. Totally. And then, like, yeah. like, how often did anyone talk about him? No one ever said, like, oh, he's like a, a gross evil dude. No, he literally demonstrated all of that yes. on camera. Yeah. Totally. And the, the other thing is, like, when you're dealing with something like fantasy like this or sci-fi, where you're creating worlds, you're creating characters, you're creating societies, there's nothing really to base things on. Um, it's really difficult to not do exposition because sometimes you just need to say, here's this planet. These people live here. Here's some of their societal norms uh, so you can set up the world. But I think Dune actually did a great job of minimizing as much of that as possible. Of course, we have the narrator start start us off in the beginning to kind of set up. Um, you know, the Freeman and, and the, the planet heart, what the heck is the planet called? There's so many names in this show. I'm literally just calling back. Like I'm going to call it like, you know, uh big, bad, um, you know, yeah. hero, like <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, they're on the planet. The, the one that uh, is nicknamed Dune. I, I think that's appropriate, right? Sure. I, 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 Dune... think, I think, I think, I believe the name of the planet is Arrakis, but I might be wrong. Yeah. yeah it, okay. Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they set up kind of the history of Arrakis um, and then they get into the movie. And once they're there, I don't think we go back to any real exposition other than like, you know, here's this new item. Here's how it works. Here's this new magic. Here's how it works. So they get through things really quick without doing a whole lot of explaining, which is great. Yeah, I felt like they could have done. Like, you know, instead of doing the Freeman sand walking or the Fremen sand walking, <laughs> like that really bothered him. Because, uh, like, my, my only real problem um, that, or something that I would have liked to have seen in the movie was um, um, showing the Atreides household um, trying to adapt themselves to Dune. And this is something that happened in the book. Mm. Um, because in the movie, it's like, okay, day one, um, they come to Arrakis. Um, day two, like the spice mine, like accident happens, and day three they get their shit bombed by the Harkonnens, <laughs> and it's like it's like oh man, that they've been on this planet for twenty minutes in the movie. Like that's um, true, and, and, and so they, I, I would have liked to see like one like a few more scenes of them kind of adjusting to the life there, like because the the Atreides household really tries to. Um, um, adapt to the climate they try to talk to the fremen and like you know that 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 is is demonstrated a little bit but i think like one or two more scenes of that would have been nice to establish like hey we're good guys we're trying to come in and like do a good thing on this planet yeah that's a really good point because uh david i'm uh, sorry david uh jason momoa's character uh i think it's idaho is that right he's named Duncan after potato yeah Duncan um, idaho, yep. so he gets there beforehand to kind of like you know clear the lz and yeah. He, essentially yeah. he he uh, he is adapted. He's like taken on a bunch of the culture. So we kind of get get stripped of that by not having followed his character at this point because he just went down and he was like, "Okay, everything's fine now." Um, yep. And he's he's like learned all the Come culture. Come on down, he, House of Trees. Yeah. This, this place <laughs> yeah. is totally safe. <laughs> yeah, it's all set, and we're we're buddies now. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with you. I, I wish that we did see a little bit more of that, like acclimating to not just the culture of the Fremen, but also to the climate 
because, you know, they kept saying you can't be out during the day. And then they were repeatedly out during the day and no one was like sweating bullets or anything. Yeah. There's there's that scene where Paul's walking out and he's watching that guy water all the palm trees. Right. He's like, you shouldn't be out in the day. And he's like, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was the whole conversation. <laughs> and so I was like, "Why are you watering them during the day, dude? You got to water like like as a SoCal native. I know you're supposed to water your plants at night. Like, yeah, yeah, you're just gonna burn them up, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway, um, we got to kind of wrap this up because we're going a little long. Um, but uh, here's what I'm gonna do. Um, we did the story, directing, acting, look, and music. Uh, let's just do them all at once. Thumbs up, thumbs down on this movie, guys. I I would say thumbs up, an absolute thumbs up. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with uh, thumbs up overall. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, 100%. As someone that came into this knowing absolutely nothing about Dune, I was absolutely amazed by the world building, um, the characters. And of course, um, I've, I've made the connection to Star Wars several times, but uh, I've since learned that Star Wars is based on Dune, not the other way around. Yeah, 1987 so for all... versus 1984. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. I, I cannot wait to see more. I know that it's actually planned to be a trilogy if everything goes well, because there's a follow-up book. Is that right, mm-hmm. Boss Cap? Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, yep. there's there's quite a few books that come off of this and they get successively weirder. So uh... mm. they do. They get they like I said, it got it gets a little thick towards the end. <laughs> oh, so it's like the uh, the alien franchise, huh? Like once you set up the rules, just bust them over <laughs> yeah. and over again. Just, no, just keep just, just keep adding more rules. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, blender writing, man. Oh, yeah, blender yeah, so, writing. So, so, like, literally, Lost took a uh, uh, <laughs> a page and was like, "Don't answer questions; just introduce more questions." Yeah, more <laughs> questions, yeah. please. How are we going to get people to watch next week? I don't know. Dumbfound them. Yeah, let's put a polar bear on the island. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, one other thing is so. It took four years for them to actually make this movie. Legendary picked it up in t- 2017 as um, you know they bought the rights to the to the to be able to make the movie in 2017, it took them three years. Um, they shot it in 2019. It was supposed to release in 2020. That got delayed because of COVID. Um, so anyway, it took four years for this movie to get made. Hopefully it doesn't take four years for the sequel to get made because uh, do you guys remember when Avatar came out and they were like, we're going to make a whole bunch of these and then they just never did. Well, it's it was a terrible yep. movie. Wait, which movie? Wait, I loved a- Avatar. Wait, 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 Avatar with the aliens or the Airbender Avatar? Uh, the Am I Shyamalan or the? Uh... I'm talking about um, dances with Smurfs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was a good one. I was thinking uh, okay, the, yeah. the M Night Shyamalan <laughs> Avatar Airbender. Was... Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not. <laughs> yeah. The, the like Avatar plug your neck thing. into aliens movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the one. Okay. That one I appreciated. They yeah, did a se- they did a second one, right? It's just no. not out yet. Uh, well, they um, they've been talking about it forever, and I thought I remembered them shooting it. Oh, I, th- like, I thought I remembered them shooting the second. The, the I, well. I I heard that all the CGI got depleted from other movies, and they're waiting for the CGI to <laughs> to come back, like boil back up from the landscape, so they can oh, harvest yeah. it for that movie. Well, they're that waiting makes... for Star Wars to figure out how, yeah. how it ends, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too funny uh anyway i hope you guys out there all enjoyed dune um i know i enjoyed the heck out of it um mm-hmm. any any other last thoughts here guys um i i i do know that so this is kind of a plug a, a brief plug uh, me and yeah. War chief grim uh drink oh drink grim thank you actually went to film school together that's how we met and um we, awesome uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I was doing. No, uh, yeah, we went to film school together. Um, <laughs> oh, I see. It was yeah, just to yeah, get us. Yeah, to get us a drink. No, we went to film school together. We've done a lot of this stuff, and it's 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 going into like Dune and even Squid Game, and knowing the amount of effort and time it takes yeah. to go into these, and the amount of takes you have to do over and over, and it's I I am appreciating the content that comes out that's coming out lately. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah filmmaking all, is off the hook these days. That's that's yes. absolutely true. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, um, you know, like cheers to our all of the uh, IATSE brothers, sisters, and non-binary yes. that are putting in the fucking work on this and mm. uh, are fighting for their rights. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Shoot, man, if, if we we got to talk about Rust real quick too, because god damn it, hire professionals on this stuff and. And when you were talking about union workers in film, I'm not union, but I don't do big projects like this. I do like YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, but when it comes to like making these big films, uh, the professionals, they, 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 they get hired for a reason. And, um, uh, you know, when you're talking about life or death situations, don't leave it up to, uh, inexperienced people. As, as someone who's Absolutely. done stunt work in Hollywood, yeah, and I've worked. I've gotten to work with a lot of the union guys and stuff. I, I appreciate it all. Those guys. I know it seems tedious to take the extra precautions to do stuff, and but it, it saves lives. It literally saves lives. So yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why everyone has one job on a set, uh, and mm-hmm. you don't do anyone else's job. Anyway, um, before we get too deep into that, guys, thank <laughs> you so much for hanging out. Uh, this was really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Was. Thank you very this much. I appreciate it. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to get, oh, shoot, now at least an hour and a half of content on just well, a couple of damn. shows. I guess yeah. you'll have to edit me out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, have you, did you turn your recorder on? Because I didn't. <laughs> I've noticed every time I'm part of this, it's a two-part show. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean... There's never been a better time to be alive if you're into like movies and stories because we have an endless supply. Um, and it's really great that such awesome projects keep coming out, especially during this continued COVID world where uh, having great entertainment available is really important. Um, and my last thought real quick is there's another Jason Momoa project I just got turned on to. Thank you, Rebecca Lieb, um, for turning me on to it. But it's called C. Um, and in this one, it is kind of a tribal future where everyone has lost the ability to see everyone's okay. blind. Um, mm. And it's they just launched the second season. So since I just got turned on to it, I'm on like episode two of season one. Uh, so far, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, again, Momoa is freaking talented as all heck. Um, but there's a really cool look to it. Uh, it's got a lot of like tribal stuff, but there's also some magic. Um, and... Uh, they do a really good job with blindness on it. Just some really clever stuff. Um, anyway, so guys, check that out if you get the chance. Um, and I think that's it. Anything else, guys? That's all I've got. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Rad. I'm going to go watch Awake. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. If you hated it, share it with your enemies on the back of a giant sandworm who's always looking for something to eat. (laughs) And I'll see you next time, survivors. Stay alive.
Hey Survivors, Makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse, and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com backslash theapocalypsepost.